Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, today is Holy Trinity Sunday. It's a wonderful feast day where we recall the true nature of God as revealed in Scripture, as Father, Son, and Spirit. On this day, as I said, we will say the Athanasian Creed, and I can think of no better brief explanation of what it is we believe about the nature of God in those 660 or so words. But I will not be explaining, really, today any doctrine. I will not be exegeting, that is, taking a verse-by-verse approach to the Scriptures today. I only want to try to describe something that is maybe hard to describe, but I think will be familiar to us all. I want to consider the way that the nature of the triune God can help us with a perennial nagging feeling of, is this it? Is there no more to life than this? But first, I want to try to describe that feeling. I think it creeps up on us more as we get older. Now, certainly, young people have their own issues to deal with. They, they wonder where they sort of fit into the world, right? They, they wonder and, 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 and are concerned about their peer group or popularity or what they'll do with the rest of their life. Options and choosing what to do, these really dominate your life when you are young. You've got school and athletics and new friendships, maybe friendships falling apart, a career, college, internships, getting married, buying homes, moving, having kids. All of that will keep you very busy until about the year 40 or so, maybe 45. And if you have any ambition at all or any interest in just about anything, you're not going to have a lot of time to appreciate life's biggest questions. You can keep them at bay a little bit. Unless you're a philosophy major, then you have to answer those questions. But usually, you're, you're on the move a lot. You're very busy. You're worrying about what assignment, what decision, what project, what diaper to take care of next. But at some point, life does slow down a little bit, maybe a lot when you become an empty nester, or, heaven forbid, when you retire. And that might be when these feelings of, what next, might come into being more commonly. You might ask, what is left to do? What now? Call it anxiety. Call it boredom. It might even come in the midst of a lot of hustle and bustle, a lot of activity. You might feel all of it is just senseless or useless or purposelessness. It's just busy for the sake of being busy. But it's not accomplishing anything. God doesn't care about it. He doesn't know about it. I think Americans are particularly prone to these feelings. It's not universal among all of us, of course, but there is this prevailing sense among Americans that we find our value and meaning and purpose in work, right? In America, 
for example, it's, it's very common that one of the first things we'll ask someone we meet, hey, what do you do? What do you do for a living? And it's not uncommon for us to offer that quickly up in a conversation. But that's considered rude in other cultures. I mean, what someone does to make money is the last thing that you would ever want to ask a Frenchman, for example. That should only come up after you have already discussed music and art and the latest philosophical questions of the day, food and wine, you know, things of that nature. Indeed, it should only be volunteered first by your conversation partner before you bring it up. But if we aren't working in America, well, we make work. We have hobbies. Indeed, hobbies are big business in America. Crafting, fishing, hunting, gardening, genealogies, biking, photography, and many, many more. We don't often pursue them either as pastimes. Like, oh, I'll pass the time today by making something with wood. You know, no, we're going to make it really well. We're going to get wood catalogs. We're going to buy tools. We're going to dedicate our whole garage to it. In fact, we're going to get so good at it, it could be like a second career. In fact, it might become your retirement job. I hope you got the irony of the phrase, right? Retirement job. Okay. And I think actually some of that is fine. It might even be good. You know, if you're going to do something, I'm okay believing that it should be done well, should do the best you can at it, and by all means keep busy, you know, idle hands or the devil's workshop and all of that. But let's be honest, are these hobbies efforts to quiet our minds when these questions come up, right? These questions that might be particularly annoying to Americans but certainly plague all human beings all over the world. How do we find value? Right, what do we do now? Is this all that life is supposed to be? Do we find it difficult to be still, to have nothing to do, no project to finish, no responsibilities on our plate? Is that so much the case that we actually create work for ourselves? And is it at those times that we ask, is this it? What does any of that have to do with the Trinity? Well, as Christians, we believe that our ultimate sort of goal in life, I mean, the, the, the greatest thing that we could accomplish is to be at peace with our Creator, right? As creatures, we're part of the creation. We're not God, although we come pretty close to convincing ourselves that we are sometimes. And God, in His mercy, He created us in His image, and even though we've fallen into sin and that image has become tarnished and marred, we still possess the image of God. But we know that we, we don't see things as they really are. We can't because of our fall into sin. As Paul says, we see in a mirror dimly now. Then we'll see face to face when the perfect thing comes. I think that's a reference to Christ coming again. Then all of reality will be clear to us, but right now it's not. So we know that we are not at peace with God. We're afraid that there is always something more to do. And if we are burdened by a sin in particular, well then we're certainly anxious about that because we know that it keeps us from uh, our best possible relationship with God. And God really does want us to be at peace. But I'm sorry to tell you that any godless remedy 
for anxiety will fail. Trips to the spa, yoga, meditation, crystals. Hope none of you do crystals. Right? The latest guru's books. These things might calm your nerves just for a moment, but not ultimately because your problem is not the external events of your life. Sure, they can cause us some anxiety, but it is our fundamental disconnection from our Creator, from the triune God. And so what does God have to say about this? And what is the nature of the Trinity? How does it speak to that? Well, in our text today, we, we heard many words of peace, many words of God coming to us and saying, don't be anxious about these sorts of things. For example, in Isaiah, the angel comes to him with that burning coal from the altar, right? And he puts it on Isaiah's lips when Isaiah is filled with dread and feelings of unworthiness. That's when Isaiah sees the vision of heaven, right? And he says, holy, holy, holy. It's what we say every time we have the Lord's Supper. In our psalm we heard, may Yahweh, the proper name for God, remember, may Yahweh give strength to his people. May Yahweh bless his people with peace. God wants you to be at peace. Paul tells us that when we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if in fact we suffer with him so that we may be also glorified with him. That's a good message. As Christ was glorified, we will be glorified. What are we so anxious about? We're going to be glorified. And Jesus says, of course, famously in John 3:17, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. To know God is to know peace. To seek God is to seek peace. And God, by his very nature, is the exemplar of peace, not an example of peace, an exemplar. Back in the day when they were copying manuscripts, the exemplar was the, the one that was right, and all the monks would studiously copy from that. He is the exemplar of peace. You see, the triune God has always existed, existed as the triune God. There was never a time when the Trinity did not exist. Some people, even many Christians, think intuitively, well, you had the Father and He existed forever, okay, but then the Son came into being, so now we have two, and then He sent the Spirit, so now we have three. No, they always existed as three, as three persons and one being. And they have always then existed in perfect harmony with one another. They existed together as one before the universe was ever created. So in God, literally, as in within his very nature, there is no conflict. There is love and peace and the absence of any anxiety and fear. And so that is the under, or one of the importances. Is that a word? No. Anyway, that is the importance of our understanding of God as triune. It demonstrates that God is not just about rule and power and might, but love that can only exist among the many, among, that is, these three persons. It's a hallmark of the one true God as much as the hallmarks of 
power and rule and might. And so therefore, to know God is to know peace. And God even tells you, you know, he gives you permission to seek him above all things. That's the first commandment, to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Indeed, even in the Ten Commandments is the commandment to observe the Sabbath, to do nothing but to think of God. I'm guessing that most of us are not very good at that commandment. But the Trinity, by nature, is the picture of peace, and not just some kind of inner peace, but peace within these three persons. So it's enough to know God and to be known by God. That is enough. Prayer and worship are enough. Reading the scriptures is enough. Because God is a God of peace. Seeking God is enough. So when you have that moment where you're wondering, is there more to it than this? What's to do now? You could maybe pick up a new hobby, but you could also have the peace of knowing that if you're seeking God, you will seek the peace of God and find it. And so might we find peace then in seeking and knowing the triune God of this life? For in truth, that is the only place that we can hope to find such peace. Amen. Amen.